growth. And I think the expectation is that looking through the next three to six months, India can recover very strongly and um, and uh, corporate performance will be very good. Um, so that's the reading on it. Uh, uh, yeah, right now it's hard to rationalise, but that's that's how the, that's how the investors are seeing it. And are foreigners joining in with this uh, this buying spree, or is it mainly local investment firms? Uh, just having a look at the FPI, which is the foreign portfolio investor in uh, statistics, um, they were negative in both April and May, but not significant. They were almost flat, to be fair. Very strong in previous months. Overall, um, foreign inflows continue to um, happen, uh, probably at a, at a lower rate than what we have obviously seen recently, but still positive. Uh, and that's reflected a little bit in the amount of inflow of dollars uh, uh, converted to INR, which he has held the currency up um, despite uh, the negativity around the COVID pandemic. So, look, there's still plenty of appetite to buy into India, that's for sure. Okay, Toby, thanks very much indeed. Have a good weekend. That's Toby Lawson, the CEO of Societe Generale India. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. And for the final day of the week, Asian stock markets are on the slide. The ASX 200 in Australia off 0.1%. Stocks are trading now in Japan and the Nikkei 225 is down 0.8%. They're also trading in South Korea where the Cosby is off about half a percent. And markets will open in Hong Kong in just under an hour's time. Futures markets suggesting a decline of about a third of a percent for the Hang Seng at the open. Elsewhere, spot gold is trading at $1,871 an ounce. Brent crude oil is on the slide as well this morning at $71.01 a barrel. That's it from me. Thank you very much for listening this week. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay tuned for back chats with Hugh Chiverton and Danny Gittings. The weather forecast for today, mainly cloudy with showers and squally thunderstorms. Those showers are going to be heavy at times. Maximum temperature around 31 degrees. And then there'll be showers and thunderstorms at first tomorrow, which will ease off during the day and hot with sunny periods on Sunday. Uh, it's 29 degrees right now, 82% relative humidity, and there is a thunderstorm warning in force. It's 8.32. Samantha Butler has the half-hour news. Political scientist and democracy activist Joseph Cheng says he believes people will still come out and mark the 32nd anniversary of the Tiananmen Square massacre tonight. This is despite police saying they'll deploy several thousand officers and won't hesitate to arrest anyone for unauthorised gatherings. Mr Cheng told RTHK that the June 4 gatherings had always been peaceful and Beijing should reflect on why people want to mark the event. Those who take part in these activities are those Hong Kong people who closely identify with the Chinese nation, who want to see not only a strong, prosperous China, but a China which will be free, democratic, and with substantial respect for human rights. Actually, this is a healthy balancing force in Hong Kong against those people who increasingly do not identify with the Chinese nation, who do not consider themselves Chinese. Britain and Israel have some of the highest levels of trust in vaccines, according to a new survey by Imperial College London and YouGov. Researchers looked at the attitudes of 69,000 people in 15 different countries. Here's the BBC's Naomi Grimley. 
Vaccinating the world is a complex project for many reasons. This survey suggests there's still room for improvement even in some of the world's most advanced economies. Take South Korea, for example. Only 47% of those asked trust the vaccines they've been offered. In Japan, which is to stage the Olympics this summer, it's equally low. At the opposite end of the spectrum, trust is high in Israel at 83%. And the UK tops this survey with 87% expressing faith in vaccines. Researchers from the Chinese University interviewed about 1,200 people here and found only one in four plan to get inoculated in the next six months. Google has removed the head of its diversity strategy unit because of anti-Semitic comments made on the internet in 2007. In a blog post about the conflict between Israel and the Palestinians, Kamal Bob had said Jewish people had an insatiable appetite for war and killing. Here's the BBC's Zoe Kleinman. The 14-year-old blog post was discovered this week by a journalist. It was titled, If I Were a Jew. In his email to Google staff, Kamal Bob reportedly said his words crudely characterised the Jewish community and described his sentiments at the time as hurtful. Google itself has issued a public apology. The post has since been deleted, but Mr Bob has not left Google. The firm says its now former head of diversity will be returning to work on science and tech-based projects. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today. Danny Gittings. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. Today is June the 4th. This year's planned vigil was the first after the national security law has come into effect. But for the second year in a row, it's been banned with the police citing risks of COVID-19 infection. Carrie Lam was asked if the slogan end one-party rule in China is illegal. She said this is such a complicated matter and it's difficult for the chief executive to answer here with a yes or no. She also declined to comment on why why the vigil had been banned when other large gatherings such as concerts and art fairs were allowed. Well, the organiser has now dropped calls for people to show up at the vigil in Victoria Park and appealed to residents to mourn in their own way. Seven churches will hold masses at 8 o'clock to commemorate. Sources say the police are planning to deploy up to 7,000 officers to stop any possible unauthorised gatherings. The sources also say people who go near Victoria Park and are dressed in black chant slogans or light candles. There's a chance they'll be considered there to be in connection with the band assembly. Well, what do you think about the ban? How do you think attitudes to what happened in Beijing are changing? What do we learn about the state of Hong Kong in 2021? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave comments on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us and our number is 233-88266. That's 233-88266. Uh, maybe we'll start off with some uh, uh, emails on uh, other topics, uh, other issues. Um, Jim H says when I book two round trips to the US and back I believe that my patronage of the travel sector is supporting the economy because being vaccinated is supporting the SARG's efforts to reach herd immunity why can't I enjoy a perk in the form of quarantine free return to Hong Kong back chat please inquire to the Centre for Health Protection on my behalf. That comes from Jim. Sorry, Jim, we don't do that. It's not a service that we offer. Uh, Mike says, on shark's fin soup, reduction of eating shark's fin is because it tastes gross. It was eaten for showing off wealth. The king doesn't have any clothes on. Truly, it tastes terrible. Um, uh, Judith says, fortunately, Hong Kong has never felt <clears throat> the full force of COVID in terms of fatalities. Unfortunately, this, this privilege has made Hong Kongers like Mike misguided in their belief that we can get 
out of this without a vaccine. Spend a night observing A and E in any public hospital and Mike will soon appreciate the public health system does not have the capacity to let COVID take its course without medical prevention of a vaccine. That is uh, from uh, Judith. Uh, Matthew says, on Wednesday, Chairman Xi told the CCP and the world that he wanted to create a, quote, credible, lovable and respectable China, unquote. Tonight, the chairman's Hong Kong government will deploy 7,000 paramilitary police to stop people lighting candles and peacefully commemorating the June the 4th Tiananmen Square massacre. That is from uh, Matthew. And uh, Richard says, well, you can't make this up, can you? The June the 4th vigil banned again because because of social distancing and the stupid virus. I remember the first time I went to the vigil way back in 99, the 10-year anniversary. It was a quiet, peaceful event with plenty of reflection. I'm sure it would be the same again this year, except for our rather aggressive police force harassing people who are busy contemplating candles. I guess it's OK for the police as they'll have their armour on, which should protect them from those pesky COVID molecules floating around in the open air, which begs the question, has anyone caught COVID outside? It's kind of funny that the government is using social distancing as the excuse for the second year in a row. I guess none of our government officials have been on the MTR lately. It's as per normal, a bunch of people crammed into a metal tube trying to get to work or home or school. We're all wearing masks, being good citizens, but it's a kind of tricky to social distance in a crowded train. Anyways, I'm pretty sure the social distancing thing could be achieved in Victoria Park, but it's either in the too hard basket or our northerly neighbours are so insecure that they will fall back on this excuse for public gatherings until 2047. As Jim from Mission Impossible would say, this message will self-destruct in five seconds. But if it doesn't, can you please delete it, just in case? You know, that security law thing. Wouldn't want the knock on the door in the middle of the night and all that. That is uh, from Richard. Backchat.rthk.hk uh, is our email address. Uh, we're joined now. Uh, we'll, others will be joining us in the second part of the programme. But uh, joining us now, we have uh, Gordon Matthews, Professor of Anthropology at the Chinese University, and uh, David Zweig, Director of Transnational China Consulting Limited. Um, we want to hear from you. Uh, don't forget, you can email backchat.rthk.hk or pick up the phone and call us on 233-88266. Gordon Matthews, let's go to you first. Um, where will you be... Th- where will you be this evening? Are you planning to go to Victoria Park? No, I'm definitely not going to Victoria Park. I will uh, remember what happened in Tiananmen Square, uh, certainly on my own, but uh, there will be no public gathering that I will be going to. And what do you make of the sort of this, this mass mobilization across Hong Kong to make sure that there are no public gatherings, not just in Victoria Park, but in, not in other parts of Hong Kong? As a Hong Kong permanent resident, uh, and, and this is my private voice, it saddens me because we did have a period of uh, 30 years where Hong Kong was a quite free place in terms of freedom of expression, and that appears to be ending. Uh, I don't believe the COVID-19 excuse, I think that's a smokescreen, it does seem to be ending. Now, the other point of view that I often talk about with my students is that, uh, in one sense, this is inevitable because Hong Kong does have a sovereign master, which is China, and Hong Kong is increasingly coming to resemble Guangzhou and Beijing and Shanghai in what it allows and what it doesn't allow. So this is hardly surprising. Instead, as I tell my students, we can be grateful for the last 20 or 30 years of comparative freedom. But that time seems to be coming to an end. Again, it saddens me personally, but it's hardly surprising in the larger uh, scheme of things. So you almost flip it around, don't you? Say we we were lucky it lasted this long rather than sort of um, that it, it should have continued. Yes, I remember in 1997 when I was here. 
reading the Eastern Express, the newspaper I used to read. And, you know, it used to give Mandarin instructions on its front page saying, uh, you know, how do you say, let me, uh, take me to my prison cell and so on. I mean, there were these very dark predictions, Emily Lau predicting she would soon be in jail and so on. Well, that stuff has in fact happened, but it was 20, 25 years after the initial handover. So, yes, I am turning it around. Um, we also don't know what's going to be happening, how Hong Kong will continue to be constricted by the national security law. But I am grateful for the past 25 years. Do you think there will ever be a lawful June the 4th memorial in Hong Kong again? I would certainly hope so, but I certainly don't expect it. Okay, here's a comment from a TC from Facebook who says, although both Hong Kong and Macau are banning 8964 commemoration, I have comparatively more respect for the Macau government's rationale, even if I disagree entirely. At least Macau is honest about why it's banning the event. Hong Kong's highest official won't even comment on whether calling for the end, part, end of one-party rule is illegal. I do agree with the head of a major doctor's organisation who famously said that the difference between Hong Kong and Macau is the chief executive. Furthermore, once again, the Hong Kong government rekindled interest in an event that was already in decline. I think the Hong Kong government really underestimated its ability uh, in this regard. That comes uh, from uh, TC Good Matthews. Do you you think that um, the Hong Kong government should come out and say uh, it's banned, it's not, and we're just, you know, like Macau? Well, this, of course, leads to a larger question of why in the last few decades has the Hong Kong government since the handover consistently emphasized uh, one country over two systems? Why is it that Hong Kong leaders have never stood up for Hong Kong people? Now, it appears at this point that... uh, the leader of Hong Kong is not, in fact, Carrie Lam, but uh, mainland officials instead. And, yes, I would like an honest statement that, hey, you're part of the mainland now. You can't do this here. And, and I might mention to you guys, uh, uh, Danny and, uh, and you, I mean, this radio program, this would not be allowed in Guangzhou or Shanghai. Uh, next year, the year after, can we continue to do this? We'll see. Well, that's a good point you raised, that this radio program would not be allowed in Guangzhou, Shanghai. So we still have one country, two systems to that extent, don't we? We're talking about this on the air. It's all over the the newspapers today. Yes, yes, we do indeed. We do have a degree of freedom of expression, and you guys enjoy it on the radio. I enjoy it in the classroom. We're somewhat limited, but uh, we do have a degree of freedom. Let's hope it continues. Okay, uh, David Zweig, uh, director of the Transnational China Consulting uh, uh, Limited. Um, what do you make? I mean, there's been a lot, David Zweig, there's, there's been a lot of talk about Xi Jinping this week talking about a more lovable image for China, and some people are hopeful that that may seem, lead to some sort of relaxation. What, what's your opinion on that? Uh, I'll wait to see if it happens. Um, you know, uh, she, she said that China would be more. Uh, a leader of globalization, and in some ways it is, but on the other hand, you know, there's always two sides to these policies, so I'm not convinced that uh, uh, China's going to, I mean, you know, there's a lot of criticism of the wolf warrior foreign policy attitude, and there's been a lot of uh, pushback. I know that, um, uh, you know, I've spoken to friends of mine on the mainland who have tried to express their concerns uh, about China's, uh, how China is perceived globally. So may- maybe it's taking some effect, uh, and, uh, you know, things could be relaxed, at least in terms of the sharpness of expression. But I think countries like Canada, you know, uh, and, and the two Michaels, Australia, uh, I think uh, those countries are going to want to see 
some kind of relaxation of China's harsh attitude towards them. Is there any possibility we might see a relaxation here in Hong Kong, or at least a, a softening of the pace of change? Well, you know, as as you you know, as your readers may not know, you know, I've spent I spent twenty five years in Hong Kong, and and um, I, but I haven't been there experiencing. Uh, I've been there for a while, experiencing the 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 tightening, and I sort of regret that as a political scientist. It would be something that I would very much want to uh, understand. Um, you know, these these uh, tightenings tend to go uh, in one direction. I mean, I've been trying to think about uh, how would you feel if, I mean, this isn't Czechoslovakia of 1968 or Hungary of 1956, where the Soviet Union marched in and took over and shot a lot of people. Um, uh, this is a much more benign, though um, uh, strict, way of taking control. Uh, and uh, a lot of people, I think, will, will ac accommodate themselves to it because it's not a massacre. Uh, it's not, uh, you know, as, as Gordon said, you know, as of now, people will be able, I'll be back in the fall, be able to, to, uh, to teach. So I, I think it's a, a kind of unique experience, just like one country, two systems was in terms of uh, the tightening up uh, in the society. But I would, you know, um, at least in terms of Tiananmen, so, so uh, Tian Fei Long from Beihang, mm. from the University of Aeronautics and Aerospace in Beijing, who often uh, takes a hard line out of Beijing and gets quoted, you know, he said that slogans used in, at the vigil uh, are contravene the national security law and contravene national security. And even Lao Xiaokai, you know, who is a professor, or was, you know, with Gordon, um, uh, he, he said that the vigil, he said himself the vigil's days are numbered and that June 4th is a national security issue now. Uh, and therefore, it's unlikely that Hong Kong will be allowed to celebrated going forward. I mean, I just wish, I guess, you know, I, I, at one point we got a message that there would be no more civil disobedience, right? That there wouldn't be violent or sit-ins where people, you know, invite themselves to be dragged off as like, like Occupy Central or what Occupy Central was to be planned. I, th I think that would have been a good place to stop. Um, uh, but the violence and the, uh, the violence of the protest of 2019, the inherent fear of Beijing of uh, external interference um, in the civil unrest, I think that all drove the overreaction. Uh, and I think, as Gordon says, it's very sad. Gordon Matthews, uh, you know, because the, there's always been these two things happening in Victoria Park and they're kind of the same and they're kind of different. Uh, the commemoration of what happened uh, in 1989 and the call for the end to, to one-party rule uh, in the future. Could we have one without the other? Could we uh, drop the call for one-party rule? Because it's always been a bit contentious, hasn't it? And just keep it as a commemoration? Well, certainly conceivably we could, but the great problem with the Hong Kong protests 
their strength and their weakness has been that you can put 100,000 people together, but 100 of those 100,000 may have a different attitude and may say different things. So that's always the problem. There is no authority governing people's behavior at protests, and somebody would probably come up with slogans, and that may well lead to uh, violence if the police move in heavy-handedly and so on. So it's a hard thing to do. I'm not sure we could separate one from the other. Ideally, we could. In practice, I'm not sure we could. David Zweig just now referred to um, uh, people accommodating themselves, uh, we might say accommodating the new reality. Uh, we had an opinion poll this week which showed a, um, a shift, it's a modest shift in public opinion, but a shift in public opinion nonetheless on uh, June the 4th compared with, um, with uh, previous polls, with um, slightly more people saying that the Chinese government uh, did the, the right thing and slightly fewer uh, supporting the protesters on June the 4th. Does that tally with yeah, your own Danny, impression? I have, the, I have it right in front of me. Yeah, so <laughs> David Zweig, do you want to say something about that? Do you want to say something well, about those poll results, David Zweig? Well, I think one thing that's interesting is that the people saying that the, the protest or the, that the Hong Kong alliance should be disbanded, even though it may have reached a high, it's still only 28%, right? Yes. And that the, the, the people who don't support the slogan, vindicate June, June 4th, is still 28%. So we're still, in some ways, still in that 30% you know, pro pro government, um, uh, anti democracy group, but it's the other group that seems to be slipping. People who are willing to uh, vocalize on behalf of more democratic uh, activities or things. So, um, I mean, you can you know, forty seven percent of the respondents support vindicate the June fourth protest, which is a drop of. 13% from last year. The point so, is... So remember, too, yes. remember, too, another point here, that uh, a certain proportion of people are afraid even to take a survey now. If I say that the June 4th movement was a good thing, is somebody watching over me? Are they going to know? Am I going to go to jail? Most people don't think that way, but there's a small enough percentage of people who do that that itself may account for the drop you're talking about. So you... Sure. Yeah, but, I mean, surely those people won't be counted at all because they won't take the survey. Well, presumably not. We don't know. That could well be. But what I'm saying is that it's not as if the simmering sense of anger towards the Hong Kong government and towards China, too, has vanished. It's more that it can't be expressed. And that has to be remembered. Um, it still is here. Now, will it be here 10 years from now? Will Hong Kong slowly come to accept its belonging to the motherland? We'll see. But for now, there is this simmering resentment, but it's tempered by fear, frankly, because of the national security law. But isn't, isn't that a lesson from 1989 that the, the Chinese government perhaps have... have uh have assimilated that, that um, yeah, you can, you know, there was a kind of uh, reaction, immediate kind of uh, reaction in 1989 and 1990 and so on, but uh, give it 10 years and that will fade away, especially if you're sort of uh, proactive in destroying memories and so on or not allowing commemorations uh, and so on. And that's presumably what they hope will happen in Hong Kong as well. And maybe it works. Sure, sure. And you're absolutely right. But, but, but to go back to what David was saying, um, you know, I myself predicted that in 1999, Hong Kong identity would die out. 
and reporters all came up uh, 20 years later and said, you were completely wrong, weren't you? Yes, I was wrong. So that's what I, I was mentioning earlier, that we've had this 20 or 25 years of having a Hong Kong identity able to develop, despite the fact that Hong Kong belongs to China. What's going to happen now remains an open question. But... Um, the same thing may go on, but again, this is a 20-year delay from what we were expecting, and many of us were hoping and praying that up until 2047, you would indeed have a more open Hong Kong. It appears that's not going to happen now. What, David Zweig, do you want to comment? Yeah, I was going to say a couple of things. One is, I always have something to say, you know, um, that um, uh, the one thing that's important is that the, if we think of it in terms of generations, so if you think of, you know, Martin Lee, his, his children, um, you know, or the generation of the people who began in 89. I mean, they began earlier. They began in the 70s. The Democrats began basically in the 70s in Hong Kong. But by 89, there was a large number, and people in Hong Kong um, started to come and bring their, their, their children. Uh, and those children are now probably in their 30s and 40s. And so they've grown accustomed to the Tiananmen Vigil, if they're, you know, the 60% who support democracy, that they're, they remember the Tiananmen Vigil. Um, were they able to pass it on? Maybe yes, and maybe that's why we saw the violence and the, the strong protests of Occupy Central so the, from 2014 to 2020. So maybe that was passed on. The question is, as, as Gordon says, and he's an anthropologist, you know, how, how does that then transfer down to the next generation? Um, but one, one thing I also wanted to say, which uh, I think is kind of ironic, which is, you know, if we look back at Tiananmen itself uh, and the events that happened in the square, and I can say that they did happen because I was there uh, and bullets went over my head, um, but I, too, did not see anybody die in the square. Um, but uh, the reform, reforms basically died with Tiananmen in, 80, in 89 because the reform faction of the Communist Party was wiped out. And in some ways, you can look at what's going on now in Hong Kong and say, over time, is the same process underway because a split within the Hong Kong elite between a pro-Beijing and a opposition, the opposition is being decapitated. I mean, they're being arrested and they're leaving and so in that sense, this current, um, the national security law and the current events are really ending a large faction of, within the leadership or a large group within the leadership, just like the Tiananmen events mm -hmm. uh, 32 years ago. And that means that it'll be harder to move forward on democracy going and, back and to that, the that, And that worked. Yeah. And that worked in 89 and 90 and, uh, and so on. And so it, it could work very in you can decapitate, as you put it, an opposition. Yeah, you can. I mean, and that's something that's really, without being violent, you know, it's very important. I go back to that, mm. and that, I think that's very important. You go back, you know, you go back. I mean, there was violence, you know, but, but you go back and compare it to occupying by, you know, territories that were occupied by the, the Soviet Union, you know, um, it, it just... Of course, there are differences. You know, you know, we have the internet now. Uh, we and we have a much more open, uh, internationalized uh, society. We're not talking about China in the 1980s now, are we? 
Well, I, one, one thing I always realize is, you know, when we teach him, Gordon can comment on this with his, his students, but as soon as you, most, you know, at least half of the mainland students uh, who come to Hong Kong, uh, one of the first things they do is go online and look up Tiananmen. <laughs> they, they really would like to know what happened. And it'll be interesting then in that. So, so they know that something they, happened. They know they can see a, a blank. They can see the hole, the black hole, can they? Well, they know Although, David, I have to uh, add yeah. to your comment here. The, the mainland student sure. said to me, you know, the first two days I was in Hong Kong, I looked at Tiananmen Square. And after that, I just turned to pornography. Mm. So we have various interests here. But, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gordon Matthews. You... Well, I teach politics, so. Gordon Matthews, you started by saying about how we're still free to discuss this um, here on the radio and in the universities, but there was a sort of hint of uncertainty, wasn't there? I mean, um, looking forward, what's your, your, your sort of gut instinct telling you? In f three, four, five years' time, will we still be free to discuss this in universities on air? Well, as, as you may know, I have gambled uh, in terms of signing a contract for the next three years. And my assumption is that I can continue to teach as I do, teaching with critical thinking for three more years, given the nature of Hong Kong universities. It's also true, as David was saying, that Hong Kong continues to be relatively civil. I mean, from what I hear from my friends in jail, it's certainly strict. It's not pleasant, but it's not as if there are random beatings. You do get books to read and so on if you order them. So it, it's, it's not the, the kind of uh, dictatorial regime that one would be terrified of or authoritarian regime. So that has to be remembered. Now, how much will this continue? Um, Hong Kong is a fascinating place to be in because it's shifting from the values of liberal democracy, which has had over the last 25 years, at least in terms of freedom of expression, to a more authoritarian society, that of China, where the government does control to some extent what people can think, allowing for uh, you know, VPNs, overturning the Great Firewall, and so on. And Hong Kong is in this process of transformation. We'll see how this comes out. Now, I am always well aware that the students I teach from the mainland are awfully bright. They know things. They're not stupid. They know what's been going on. So it's not as if you can control information altogether anywhere. How much is Hong Kong going to try? We will see. That's the big okay. question for you All and right. for me. We're out of time. Gordon Matthews, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Professor uh, of Anthropology at the Chinese University. David Vive will stick with us. going to be joined by others, including Richard Choi. Uh, after the news, before the news, the weather. Thunderstorm warning, many cloudy with showers and storms today. 29 degrees at the moment, relative humidity is at 87. Inoculated in the next six months. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Friday morning. It's June the 4th. We're talking about the uh, commemoration of uh, June the 4th uh, today. Uh, we were talking with uh, Gordon Matthews and David Zweig in the first part of the programme. Professor Zweig is uh, staying with us, or former Professor Zweig. He's the director of the Transnational China Consulting Limited. We're also joined now by Richard Choi, who's Secretary of the Hong Kong Alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements in China, and Andrew Lung, international and independent China strategist, former Director General of Social Welfare in Hong Kong. As but we want to hear from you. You want to join the discussion? Please do so by emailing backchat at rthk.hk. We'll read out your comments. We'll do our best to do that. Uh, or you can go to our Facebook page. That's backchat on rthk radio 3. 
Um, uh, let's see a couple of uh, comments just before we get in. Uh, Bowen says, I agree with David Zweig that it would have been ideal if things had stopped when protesters were dragged off the streets during the umbrella movement. I've always advocated using cost-benefit analysis a lot more on the part of the pandems. But the violence which erupted in 2019 was triggered by something separate, meaning the excessive and gratuitous use of violence by the police on and after the, uh, the day the second reading of the extradition bill was supposed to take place. Without that, the violence perpetrated by protesters largely against properties rather than people would most likely have been mitigated. That comes uh, from uh, Bowen. Uh, Matthew has uh, uh, pointed out, as we just heard in the, the news there, that uh, a member of the uh, Hong Kong uh, Alliance, uh, Chow Hang Tung, has uh, been reported uh, being uh, arrested uh, this morning around uh, 7.40. Uh, Richard Choi is with us, Secretary of, the, uh, of that uh, organisation, the Hong Kong Alliance. Mr um, Choi, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks much indeed for joining us. Do you, what do you know about the arrest? Do you, do you know whether a reason given for the arrest? I think first we uh, also uh, um, uh, received that uh, news from the uh, news report, and uh, we we try our best uh, at this moment to check uh, the um, uh, uh, whether the best the message the the situation uh, is uh, true or not. It seems uh, uh, and Michelle uh, definitely been aware. Uh, it seems uh, uh, in uh, her office. Uh, this morning, but we don't know the exact uh, charge uh, and also the situation uh, now. So we are also trying. We understand that uh, she properly have the, uh, her uh, uh, lawyers to assist her. So we are now also uh, try to contacting uh, her lawyers uh, to see uh, what's the exact situation. We of course deeply concerned. The situation of Michelle, though, uh, uh, I think uh, recently, uh, Michelle's um, um, stand on uh, uh, how uh, to continue the candlelight vigil uh, uh, in Victoria Park uh, seems uh, it's quite different or opposite with the stand of the Hong Kong Alliance. Because this year, Hong Kong Alliance already. Um, uh, take look that the situation would be very critical and um, uh, the, the situation uh, uh, both I think the political and legal uh, crisis uh, uh, would be very serious so we already take the, the stand that our action uh, this year should be uh, totally um, in consideration uh, to be legal and uh, put safety uh, to be the, the primary concern. So that's why um, without the relevant uh, notification of no objection to proceed with the candlelight vigil this year in Victoria Park, the Hong Kong Island already announced clearly we will not proceed and we will not uh, publicize or, uh, uh, about the event anymore. So um, that's why we also hoping this year uh, first, um, how to commemorate June 4th? This year may be a little bit difficult. Uh, it's basically impossible to have large-scale gathering as that in the past. But we still think individual Hong Kong citizens can use their own way uh, 
different time、um, different location individually commemorating June Fourth、uh, in order to continue our belief and struggle. Some of your supporters would criticise you, saying you've been even too cautious. You won't even hold an online memorial. When you had the、uh, the run, you removed the slogan、uh, "in one party rule" during the during the run, right? That、um, uh, some people say that you're going even further in terms of being cautious than it's necessary. How would you respond to that? I think at uh, this uh, uh, stage, uh, first, I think we all、uh, understand how the police. Uh, um, uh, came in, they have the law enforcement uh, uh, reason, and how they enforce the law is getting more and more、uh, unpredictable. Uh, uh, that's first、uh, thing, and second, we also look into the situation, especially in、uh, recent years.、Um, uh, our main concern would be、um, even we have some online、um, uh, activity that.、Uh, If、uh, some of the、uh, Hong Kong people、uh, grouping together in a public place uh, to, uh, you know,、um, attend or to, you know,、uh, use the social media to join、uh, this kind of online activity, may also be a risk of、uh, being treated as、uh, participating in unauthorized assembly. Of course,、uh, we challenge the、uh, legality of the police claiming、uh, uh, uh, that、uh, they try to interpret the public order audience or other related law in a very、uh, tough way. But、uh, I, I think、uh, to be safe to the,、um, especially the criminal possible criminal liability、uh, may incur to the、uh, general public. Who、uh, have the same belief with us is our main concern. So that's why、uh, the Hong Kong Lion we think、uh, is not just because our organisation's safety, but、uh, more important, we see Hong Kong people we、um, uh, need to be more careful this year, especially. Could, could you have the event without the slogan, without the call for ending one-party rule? Well, I think that、um, at least、uh, up till now, the police、uh, officially didn't mention anything about the. But we、slogan. have a new law now. That, that's the reality. The reality is that we have a new law. But the government, you know,、uh, first the police uh, 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 didn't use that law to,、uh, uh, you know, against Hong Kong Lion.、Um, even the government, like the chief executive. Uh, uh, when responding to the media、um, the question, uh, uh, still hesitate、yeah, to confirm or、uh, not confirm、uh, whether the slogan have、uh, violating the national security or not. So I think at this stage we would not,、uh, you know,、um, uh, actively uh, thinking of uh, uh, deleting any slogan. So now is basically we see even. With the public order ordinance, even with the uh, uh, COVID nineteen situation, the police already, at least prima facie, they have uh, say uh, they have the already have the the power under the law to ban or to 
m a y b e aware the people who joining this the so-called unauthorized assembly. Okay. Well, also with us is, is Andrew Lang, as I say, international independent China strategist. Uh, good morning to you, Mr. Lang. Thank, thank, thanks for, for joining us. What would your advice to Richard Choi and the Alliance be now? Well, I think that we've got to understand that this is a very sensitive time um, following the enactment of the national security law. Um, it is a great, a big game change as to why the law was necessary and so on and so forth. Why? Well, I mean, that's all history. All right. Um, but um, uh, I think that with the enactment of national security law, one has got to be very, very important, uh, very, very careful. And so uh, what the government so far is um, uh, resorting to the uh, pandemic's health uh, kind of safeguards uh, reason. Um, but um, behind it all is, is the sensitivity. You can see that this is happening in Hong Kong, it's also happening in Macau. Uh, is allowing uh, mass gathering uh, to commemorate uh, June 4th because uh, the fear is that this, this is going to be um, capitalized uh, by anti-China, anti-Beijing activists, uh, particularly a uh, very sensitive time, as I said, um, after the enactment of national security law at a time when the whole world, Western world, uh, is playing the, um, uh, the human rights card. Uh, so I think that we've got to be careful with that. Now, as far as this uh, Hong Kong alliance is concerned, um, without deleting the slogan, again, it's very, very, very sensitive, uh, because that slogan is in direct contravention of the national security law, overthrowing um, the ruling uh, party in China. Um, so even by not deleting uh, this slogan from its constitution, no matter what you say, uh, the organization has embedded the slogan uh, in, 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 in the body politic of the organization. And even though you're organizing a mass rally online, it still uh, could be the reason uh, to say that, well, you're just calling for a mass movement uh, to support um, part of the, um, 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 the principles of the organization. So that's, that, again, is very, very important. Now, which brings, brings me to uh, my very, very important point. Because of this big ch- game changer of the nat- enactment of national security law, the rules of the game have completely changed uh, for the democratic movement in Hong Kong. Now, don't, don't forget that even uh, Beijing is not uh, deleting the word democracy from its constitution. In fact, part of a China dream is to create a country which becomes more democratic, now, the word more, they mean it must be gradual, a gradual process. So you've got to realize that. And I think that the, 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 the other uh, kind of um, uh, psyche which we've got to address, uh, on, uh, is, is, is especially in, in the West, uh, in, in the media, that somehow the Chinese Communist Party is not legitimate because it's authoritarian. Uh, that's why it needs to be suppressed, uh, if not overthrown. So I think that that mindset has got to be um, uh, looked at very carefully because um, under the tutelage of the Communist Party, uh, the Chinese people's lives have changed miraculously. And then, according to the Harvard Kennedy School report uh, a couple of months ago, the Ash Center report, amongst all the governments in the world, um, the government uh, of the uh, Chinese Communist Party has the highest ranking of support by these people, multiple ranks above the United States. 
because the, the lives of, of, of the people have been changed beyond recognition. And that's why most, the vast majority of Chinese people support the Chinese government. Um, and that's legitimacy. If democracy uh, objective is to bring about the improvement of the lives of most of the people uh, for, for a long, long time, then uh, the Chinese government does not have to follow the kind of model, the one-size-fits-all Coca-Cola formula of the United States, as uh, China's foreign minister Wang Yi has once quipped. So I think that that, again, the psychology has got to be understood. And I think the, the movement for the democratic movement, there's still a lot of room, but uh, the Democratic Party has got to learn the new rules of the game by not threatening the deadline uh, of the, um, for security, for the legitimacy uh, of the governing party in China. Okay, okay. Uh, thanks very much. Okay, an email, this is from Andrew Kay, who says, uh, it's long overdue to put this incident behind us. I have no doubt that many people, all the usual suspects, have made a bundle of money for this for over 30 years. It's over. Get over it. That's from uh, Andrew Kay. Uh, Jim H says, on YouTube, I'm going to watch parts one and two of the Gate of Heavenly Peace documentary. I invite all loyal patriots to join me. Um, Jim also says, I was resident in the Beijing Hotel, standing on the roof. I don't remember bullets going over my head. Please watch the documentary. That comes uh, from uh, Jim. That's interesting, because I think David Zweig was on Chang'an Avenue uh, while you were uh, in, in the hotel. Right. Is that, that right, David Zweig? Yeah, I was in front of the in front of Tiananmen, in front of the the, uh, the, the bridge. You saw bullets, didn't you? David Zweig, you saw yeah. bullets, didn't you? Yes. Yes, my fa father also says the same. Yeah, my father, who I think was also on Chang'an Avenue, says the same as well. I mean, plenty of people, plenty of people did see bullets, didn't they? Well, we heard them. We, I mean, we heard them all go over our heads, and then everybody fled. This was in the northern part of the square. I mean, historically, the largest number of students were in the southern part of the square and wound up sitting on the obelisk, mm. right? And then they were led out by the PLA at 3.30, 4, 4.30 in the morning. And that's why nobody, or the, you know, the, the, the party, the CCP, can argue that nobody was really shot in the square because the vast, the, most of those people were just marched out. Uh, uh, people in the northern part of the square where I was, we fled. Um, one French journalist got shot in the back, um, but he didn't die, and I don't know where, where he was when he was shot. But the shooting was mostly west of the square and south of the square. Um, uh, and that's where people were shot. That's where the major confrontations were. So so I always thought it was silly of the Western press to emphasize you know, the massacre in Tiananmen Square um, because it just... You, you want to you call it what, what really is reality so that you're not... You know, I'm open to counterattack. Yeah. Um, can I make a comment to, to my good friend Andrew? Yes, um, please do. Andrew and I have known each other for a long time. Um, um, but I, I, a couple things, Andrew. One thing is, it's always good to remember that the the, that the DPRK, right? The, uh, and I'm not North Korea. To the DPRK, but North Korea is the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. So um, uh, all communist governments have the word democracy, uh, you know, it's the Democratic Republic of Vietnam, uh, 
so they've all, all Cuba was probably one of the few that didn't. Um, so the, the use of the word democracy uh, is not a good indicator of the existence of democracy, though I totally, I totally agree with you, and I've argued this for a long time, that the ASH, the results of the Kennedy School, are just followed on all kinds of surveys that have been done for a long time, showing the support or the belief in, you know, the, 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 the willingness to support um, the, the Communist Party of China within, within Chinese among Chinese people because of the economic changes that they've brought okay. about. But, um, you know, uh, I think that there's a big difference between articulating democracy and really, in, you know, introducing democracy through the establishment of uh, open press, uh, freer elections, okay. uh, you know, where government is much... I mean, you know, we... Political scientists are always finding things within the Chinese political system where they, the, the, the government can listen, where the party can listen. It does surveys, all kinds of stuff. And over time, there are responses to things that really people are really upset about, um, but, but not in the question of democracy, civil expansion of civil society. That's not been going on. That has been constrained. Could I respond uh, to that, please? Uh, yes, well, actually, sure. the, could, I'd like to... Sorry, could maybe maybe another day. <laughs> could, right. I'd like to get it back okay. to June the 4th, that's OK. Uh, Bowen sure. says, with respect... This is addressed to, to Richard Choi. With respect, Mr Choi and his colleagues should really think more strategically. The reason why it has not been, why it has not been put to him that the, strongly that the slogan end one party rule cannot be used may be the same reason why the pandems were only slightly warned in 2019 that holding a primary for the legislature election might infringe the national security law. They weren't demanded or told in no uncertain terms that they would be charged if they were to go ahead with holding the primary. In the end, some four dozen people were arrested afterwards and detained without bail for months. Uh, Mr Choi should be more clear-headed as a political leader. That comes from... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, this sort of... Um, uh, first, of, I refrain all uh, kind of uh, advice or comment. Um, uh, indeed, there would be, I think, on both sides. We, we uh, recently, uh, on one side, some people thinking we we are too uh, 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 conservative. And on the other side, saying that we are still too radical. So that's why um, I think, of course, uh, uh, we should be continue to look at the situation and to examine um, uh, the situation from time to time. Um, I, I would say... Um, this year's uh, uh, the basic step uh, um, uh, adopted by the Hong Kong Alliance, we, we try to make a pragmatic, but uh, without um, uh, changing uh, our basic belief. Uh, we, we, of course, need to go in to see the situation, but uh, we still think this year uh, putting safety, um, especially uh, all of uh, the, uh, our supporters' safety should be our main concern. Uh, I think concerning the Political situation, as uh, uh, some of the speakers just mentioned. Over speaking, you know, now, especially uh, we see this year, it's not the uh, um, uh, hundreds um, uh, years of the Communist Party. Um, the whole political situation is very critical, uh, we see. Uh, we are, of course, very sad uh, that the Communist Party um, didn't. Uh, uh, you know, uh, try to think of how to move China to a more um, advanced, developed, and um, uh, democratic way. 
Um, I think just uh, saying that uh, China need to have a other world other than Western country. It's not the answer. Ah, uh, China, China's authority also need to, um, you know, uh, tell Chinese people how they proceed with, uh, you know, moving China, not just to long make uh, uh, prosper, but also uh, to a democratic state. This also some of their slogan. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, proposed by the Communist Party. So, uh, also I think about the June 4th issue. Actually, for the past 32 years, the Chinese authority actually tried to, uh, you know, avoid to talking about June 4th. They still not there, openly saying that they are doing the things correctly. So, I think uh, June 4th still a issue. For the whole China, including Hong Kong. How do you react to the opinion poll in Hong Kong this week that found that uh, there are more people in Hong Kong than believe the Chinese government did the right thing on June the 4th than in any previous opinion poll? It's true that mo most people still think they did the wrong thing, but the yeah. shift in think, public I think opinion. Since is, 2002, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, uh, first, the overall, uh, compared with uh, uh, the uh, percentage who support Chinese authority or oppose Chinese authority, I think the overall uh, 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 difference is still the same. That most people thinking the student uh, did a uh, correct thing, the Chinese uh, government did a wrong thing, and still uh, uh, majority. Uh, comparatively speaking, majority of uh, the uh, Hong Kong people still support to uh, eradicate June 4th. But there has been a change. Is that yeah. surprising? Uh, 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 of course, I, uh, we supply and uh, we are uh, uh, a little bit um, worried about the trend. But uh, as I said first, uh, still, I think the overall mm. uh, majority still uh, in line with our, our stand we, first. And secondly, I, we do understand, especially I think for the uh, recent months or a year or so, the political situation actually change a lot. That sometimes may make people feeling a bit frustrated temporarily. That may also account to the uh, uh, opinion poll we saw recently. You said just now you're a little bit worried about the trend, so you, you, you can imagine it's possible this trend will continue. Especially we, if you're not we, allowed we, we to We don't know. I, I think, of course... I, you're I, worried I, about it, aren't you? Yeah, I think this is a reasonable worry because uh, uh, I would not say, oh, this is just a, uh, definitely a, 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 a temporary situation and then we're going to be uh, reversed. Uh, uh, um, though I think uh, how we react to the situation, uh, uh, I would say, say um, whether the Hong Kong Alliance will still continue to be a, a legal entity, we can openly uh, doing the commemoration work. Uh, though this year we cannot, uh, you know, organize the march rally. But after the COVID nineteen, we will of course need to see whether the government will have other, any other reason or excuse. So I think this continuous struggle to Mr. us. Choi, you know you're going to end up in jail, aren't you? Why do you do it? Uh, I think first. Uh, uh, you know, uh, legally speaking or fun, uh, constitutionally speaking, we still think Hong Kong people, we have our constitutional um, uh, human rights protection uh, under the basic law. And uh, even the national security also provides that the national security should be implemented and looking into the human rights protection. So uh, 
I think how to implement the relevant law, uh, it will interpret the law. I we 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 still think uh, no. Uh, honestly, we should, honestly, we will not why, abide by the, the so called un, unofficial uh, the comment by some mainland scholars. Yeah, uh, treated as an official okay. stand. You're 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 going to. It's very likely that you're going to go to jail uh, for one reason or another. Why why do you? Why don't you stop what you're doing? Why don't you change and do something else? <laughs> I think, of course, um, uh, first, I think, continue to commemorizing June, June 4th, uh, holding the children. Why, Just why for our, you? Why bother? Uh, it's our, our Hong Kong Alliance uh, basic belief and also personal, my personal belief. This, I, I, I'm going this kind of uh, uh, movement for 32 years. Though I always uh, emphasize myself as a uh, pragmatic, and, and a reasonable person. And I also try, um, most of the time, also uh, take into serious account about the safety of other people. I think that is, of course, uh, uh, my personal belief. But I think uh, upholding the basic belief, no matter the, the price, is also uh, my basic stand. Okay, well, um, there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of emails. Um, uh, David Zweig and, and Andrew Lung. We've got some which are fairly uh, mildly abusive, borderline abusive. But I'm going I'm going to read them out if that's okay because I think you're fairly got thick skins. I'm going to risk it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Bowen says, uh, dear Backchat, of course, there were, these would be people advocating different strategies on both or more sides. But as a political leader, this is addressed, I think, to Mr. Choi, you should think deeply and strategically and come up with the right decision and then persuade your followers. It's no use complaining about being squeezed between competing demands. Um, mm, let's get to Matthews maybe a little bit later. Matthew says, how can you possibly allow Andrew Leung to drone on in a never-ending nonsensical filibuster, including things like the CCP is becoming more democratic and that there's a lot of room for democracy in a system where he himself says expressing a wish for something other than one-party dictatorship crosses the line and is illegal. Where's the backchat in backchat? Uh, Boris says it's interesting that the budgetary appropriations for national security were exempted from LegCo security. Uh, the 7,000 paramilitary police alleged to be deployed tonight and other intense policing of thought crime must be an enormous economic drain, all from governments that fear their people. Imagine what could be done with that money by a government that the people trusted and respected, but we live in a different world now. Lastly, I know you find it hard to find speakers, but hearing Andrew Lung repeatedly mouth mainland psychobabble like the China dream is to be is to become more democratic without any hint of irony makes me think you're quietly running a satirical current affairs program rather than talk back radio uh alan says your pro-government guest stated that calling for an end to one-party rule is actually illegal under the nsl is this true we know of course the ccp acts as if that was the case but overthrowing by defeating in an election is not actually illegal although the ccp has essentially made it impossible the same guy goes on to state how popular the government is sure they refuse to allow free elections despite supposedly having 95% approval. Sure. Uh, Simon says, uh, quote, China is a country of many political parties, unquote, is the opening line of a Ministry of Foreign Affairs of the People's Republic of China webpage. Therefore, a minor modification of end one-party dictatorship in China to no one-party dictatorship in China could be a suitable compromise for both sides of the discussion. It would seem unreasonable to prosecute someone for repeating government policy. 
And uh, Matthew says, David Zweig's uh, mamby-pamby, thinly-veiled attempt to sound reasonable and democratic while not offending the mainland Chinese government and putting at risk his consulting business is weak and easy for anyone who's paying attention to see. Try to try to blame Hong Kong people who stood up to authoritarianism and bullying for what's happened to us now is the equivalent of blaming a rape victim for being raped. That's from uh, Matthew, who also says, are we really still free to discuss whatever we like in the media in Hong Kong and RTHK? This is nonsense. Look at the changes at RTHK even on Backchat. Hugh can't even tell us why he abruptly cancelled the person of the year. What about all the changes in RTHK in uh, recent weeks? The firing of Nabella Kossa for asking the wrong questions. Or this article in The Guardian. Are your colleagues in this article lying or are you living in a dream world of self-delusion to make it impossible and comfortable to carry on what you're doing while it crumbs around you? You can once again scoff and say condescendingly, well, Matthew, we are discussing the June the 4th today, so everything's OK on Backchat, but we all know it's not. That is uh, from uh, Matthew. Matthew and uh, guests and uh, everyone else who commented, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Thank you very much indeed to uh, Richard Choi, uh, Secretary of the Hong Kong Alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements uh, in China. Thank you to Andrew Lung, International Independent China Strategist, former Director General of Social Welfare, and uh, David Zweig, who's, uh, center, who's the Director of the Transnational China Consulting Limited. Danny, thank you very much indeed. That's it from us. The weather, not good, mainly cloudy with showers and squally thunderstorms. Showers heavy at times. There's a thunderstorm warning now. 28 Celsius, the latest readings, with a relative humidity now of 90%. Amid the pandemic, elderly people and those with chronic diseases are at higher risk of severe illness if they contract COVID-19. Vaccination is one of the simplest and most effective ways to protect yourself and your family. Consult a doctor before vaccination if you have a chronic disease that is not yet stable. Protection will be effective 14 days after the second dose. Let's keep observing personal hygiene and wearing masks. Then we will resume normal life soon. Protect yourself and others. Let's get vaccinated. 933, the news now with Samantha Butler. An organiser of the annual June 4 memorials, Chow Hang Tung, has reportedly been arrested outside her office in Central this morning. It's understood she's being detained on suspicion of promoting an unauthorised assembly. Police have banned any commemorations this year, citing pandemic restrictions. A virology professor at City University has welcomed plans to lower the eligible age for a BioNTech vaccine from 16 to 12. He said the extra 3% of the population that the younger age group represented would put Hong Kong a step closer to its goal of herd immunity at 70%. And the American airline United is aiming to bring back supersonic passenger travel. It says it'll buy 15 aircraft from a US startup company called Boom Supersonic with an option to buy more if safety and operating standards are reached. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. If you like good banter, yeah, okay. you're in the right place, dooby-dooby, with some of our chatter. This is the niche. You may be amazed. What did you think of that? We got the right presenter. With a radio face Yeah, yeah, whatever Because Bill Whelan likes to chat Exposure to cuteness It's crazy Like, where do you go from here? One foot is in one country 